This is Dr. Jeff Meldrum, and you're listening to the Paranomaly Zone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, Cassus Parian! Hey there, ponderers of the paranormal. You are in the Paranomaly Zone, and it is that time again. Michael Carbno, are you ready? Are you ready? It's time for not the last call. We changed that. No. It, it no, shall never be again. It shall never be again. The last call is no more. It has ceased to be. It has gone on to join the choir Invisible. It is pushing up. The daisies. Are, are, did you fix your microphone yet? <laughs> Got it. Okay, I was stalling. I was trying to stall. Yeah. Uh, no. This is the return of Terminal, the renamed last call. Yes, it is Terminal. No, nothing like negative as far as uh, we're no longer to be here type of a Terminal thing. No. This is Terminal because this is our final take, yay or nay, no shades of gray on whatever topic is at hand. And tonight we got... I think this one is pretty interesting, Mike. It's something that's it is. fairly different. I don't. I really do not believe we've ever discussed anything like this before. I've never even heard of something like this before. I don't believe you for one second <laughs> when you say that. <laughs> Good idea. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's a, yeah. I think it's an, an awesome topic that we can do a kind of a deep dive into. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Terminal. You know. Well. You know. The the flagship paranormal zone is fairly off the cuff, but. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we do research for the flagship episodes. Uh, we want to be fairly knowledgeable so we don't come across as complete buffoons. But that's not the case for Terminal. <laughs> we're uh, No, 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 no. We're still, uh, hopefully we sound okay as far as educated uh, gentlemen. But this is, that's <laughs> like laughs. Um, but uh, definitely more off the cuff, a little laid back, a little more loose. We're just going to. We're going to whip them on out. And by that, I'm, I mean our, our our opinions. Get your minds out of the gutter out of there, boys and girls. We're talking tonight. Talk about whipping things out. We're talking about Megaconda. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, that's how Patrick first started seeing Bridget. He would <laughs> oh, text her messages in the middle of the night. Would you like to see my... No, Megaconda. no, 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 no. Yeah, but then I'd send her a, a quick picture of an actual, you know, yes, purported <laughs> gigantic snake. Um, <laughs> nothing of the uh, adult slang, nothing of that nature. So otherwise, all she would see was a little garden slug. If that, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> My anaconda don't want none. I'm telling you that right now. Anyways, this one's going to be cool though because. First and foremost, I want to ask you right right away, Mike. Yeah. 
as a lover of all of mankind, as a lover of all of God's creations. How do you feel about snakes? They don't bother me. Okay, good. And, and, unless they're poisonous, then then I will scream like 10 little girls <laughs> if I walked into something like that. And you are, um, can you tell if a snake is poisonous by looking at it? Well, usually the vipers have the wider jowl line where their poison sacs are. Okay, I got you. See, see, <laughs> you're very educated. You're, um, and Mike was a actually, biologist in a former life. In a former life, yeah. Actually, and also you can tell by, of course, the wonderful rattlesnake. It has quite a uh, warning sound. I believe it's a rattle. <laughs> yeah, something I'm, like that. I'm, I might be mistaken on that one. but uh, Some snakes by color, like the quite deadly coral snake. Well, and some... But you have to remember what the pattern is, what the, what the color is, what order they're in, to either know that it's a very deadly coral snake or if it's the other snake that I can't remember the name of it, but that is very benign. Ooh, benign. Non-poisonous. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we have uh, all sorts of other lovely fun snakes out there you know, of the poisonous variety. You know, the, your, your, co your king cobra. Um, yes. You now, of course, as everyone knows, the cobra has its very... Uh, how would you describe it? It's, it's a hood. I like they, that. It's, it's it is a, a hooded, hooded yes. cobra. Mike knows his snakes. I'm telling you that <laughs> right now. Mike is a snake man. If there ever we, has been, we were warned against them in the Philippines, the cobras and the oh yeah, the, the uh, pythons and the little green snakes that hang off of trees that bite you. Oh, those are just little bastards. As you're walking under them, yeah, yeah, annoying little things. And then there's like the little tiny, as like Mike said, you know the the harmless little garter snakes that like get down and they sneak into like my 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 daughter's bedroom in the basement and make mm -hmm. her cause her to come running upstairs da, 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 there's a snake in my room <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, there's a usually a lot of snakes here every summer in the yard there's also a family story uh regarding my father uh that goes back way back in the day i wasn't even alive at this point but apparently there was a snake and this is this is very very true, verified by my older brothers and my mom, of course. A snake that got loose and somehow got onto our farm, and it was one of those snakes, the non-venomous ones that looked just like a cobra, that got ah. into our shed. It was in our shed or in our barn. I can't remember. Long story short, my dad was terrified. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Dad. Rest, rest in peace. But he did have a, a few weaknesses, of, of course, as we all do. One of them was snakes. Uh, so yeah. much so that he called his brother, my uncle, to fly on out to the farm <laughs> with a gun and <laughs> come and extract this snake. <laughs> well, they extricate did, it. They did more than I'm sorry, animal <laughs> lovers. I'm sorry, animal Ex lovers. I'm sorry, uh, snake <laughs> lovers. But yes, my uncle did blast the snake out of existence. My dad dig did dig the hole to bury the snake in. Those. <laughs> well, there you go. Then he redeemed himself. Well, actually, you know what? I'm re I'm correcting myself. <clears throat> what they did is he dug the hole and then they scooted the live snake into the hole before it was um, uh, terminated. So really, yeah, yeah. Well, that takes some work. I guess. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know. But... He's got like a little horn that he blows some 
East Indian tune on that <laughs> that's makes a, it. That's a great question. I need to ask my mom that. How did they get that snake into the hole? And how long did did my uncle have the snake cornered while my dad was digging said hole? <laughs> yeah, mm. just keep it in place over there, Jack. Yeah, why did if you have the time to, to you know scoot it into a hole like maybe you're using the shovel that you you dug why don't you just take the shovel and chop his freaking head off <laughs> i don't know mike i don't know like i said i wasn't you should have even... made him dig his own grave I, for crying out well, loud well that's asking quite a bit <laughs> that's asking quite a bit like i said i wasn't even alive this is all you know stories that i've heard i mean very true stories but i wasn't there oh sure but it's quite hilarious when it's when just hearing stuff like that so. we can't always figure out what the process is yeah. behind some of these stories so i it, yeah it's it's kind of a mystery where great we, story though where i'm it's kind of mystery where that snake came from but uh it was there it got in there and uh, well it doesn't sound like it's a uh native minnesotan snake breed no i know i i Forgive me, listeners, for not remembering exactly how it got there, because I know they do have an idea as to how that got there, and I, I just can't pull it right now. I really can't, but uh, mm. yeah, I, I wish they would have at least like documented with photos. I can just see my mom like taking pictures of my, um, <laughs> on those old Polaroids, you know, taking pictures of my dad squealing, you know, digging a hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyways, Megaconda. Should we dive into it? This is Megaconda. This <laughs> it sounds like a movie, like like Sharknado, but this well, there actually Megaconda. actually wasn't there like a terrible movie called Megaconda. Oh, there Megaconda was something, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure there is a, a number of them. We're gonna focus on one particular story, but as is the case with uh, Terminal, we're going to kind of um, after we lay the groundwork of the story, we're just we're just gonna kind of go off. Of course, here and just to let you all know what the hell we think about the possibilities of these massive, massive, truly gigantic snakes actually, yeah, um, uh, possibly existing. Yes, and it was a movie and uh, came out in 2010. Horror sci-fi, one hour and 26 minutes, Megaconda. And you said horror sci-fi. Horror. Oh, okay, just clarifying. There. Ooh, starring Peter Dang. Who? And Stella Stevens. Hmm. Again, who? <laughs> Greg Gevigan. Who? <laughs> I don't know any of these people. Well, Greg Gevigan, wasn't he on uh, BJ and the Bear or something like that? What? <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The Bull Killer, Mike. Yes, the, the Bull Killer. The and Bull uh, Killer. They came up with that after, didn't it, like, they found a half-eaten bull. Well, that's according to this story. So backing up a little bit. We're going back to 1948 in the Amazon rainforest. Is the, this is the portion that we're going to be focusing on a little bit here. 1948, where a group of native Brazilians claimed to have captured a, get this, 131-foot-long snake mm. deep in the Amazon rainforest now we all know as as i don't want to as ignorant as we all may be about you know scientific snake facts we all know the anacondas are damn big um yes they're they're, they're the largest i believe there are several 
species of anaconda. The one in particular that we're going to focus on is the green anaconda. That's the one that is the largest member. You know, there's it's very common for this 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 beast <laughs> to grow to lengths of 20 feet or more with some rare occasions of being over 30 feet, you know, scientifically I guess I shouldn't say verified, but believed to be capable of growing to over 30 feet in length. Now that's massive. I think the well, yeah, you, you think 30 feet. Well, that sure isn't a what 130 feet like oh, uh, the no. megaconda, but good lord, but no. If if you were sitting in a jungle up against a tree, scared to death because you're lost, and then all of a sudden you see the head of no of no. what looks to be probably the head of a bull without horns no no coming out from underneath the brush no and and it's slowly it's snaking its way past you paying no attention to you but you just keep seeing it coming and coming out of this from underneath this uh, underbrush no no until you can't believe that there's still more coming no. out no no Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it's that uh, that's that's terrifying. Thank you for setting that visual in my brain. I'll probably have another yeah. one out later tonight. So I thank you for that. And you find a stick and just kind of poke it as as it's kind of going. <laughs> that's right. Are you real? Doink, doink, doink. Yeah. It gets, you know, and the head gets so far up and you start poking it closer to the tail. It's like I'm not turning back and going that far no. back just for some dumbass <laughs> don't think that's so. poking me with a stick. Oh man. Anyway. Now, anacondas, uh, I believe the large the longest documented snake is the reticulated python. Um I yes, believe I believe so. You know, but in general as far as mass, you know, the combination of length and size the anaconda is the largest um girth. The girth, the the weights. I mean, this thing is just massive. Um supposedly could reach weights of 500 pounds. Mm. That's 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 one Andre the Giant stretched out to thirty feet long. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what's crazy is that you know some of these things that have been seen that are documented that huge, and they're rare. Just take the next rarity step along the way and think of what is in there in that deep jungle that we have not seen. Oh, right. And that's what we're going to be talking about here. That's going to be a exactly. big, big portion yeah. of what we're going to be talking about. And what, you know, what may lend credibility to the possibility that this actually exists. I mean, it's, it's a terrifying thought, but it's definitely, you know, it's, well, we'll, we'll get into it shortly here. Now, um, I did find a really cool article here. I tried to share it with Mike, but he couldn't find it. <laughs> so uh, bear with me here. Biologists have yet to recognize a living reptile in, in excess of 33 or 34 feet, but some believe this giant anaconda or megaconda was, in fact, a real specimen. The Brazilian natives called this terrifyingly enormous snake Matatoro, or the bull killer, after, as like what Mike said earlier, a half-swallowed bull was claimed to have been found inside of the mega. Anaconda. Mm. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the well-documented existence of the green anaconda, the world's largest snake, all-around lar largest snake, and the fact that much of the 2.2 million square miles of Amazon rainforest remains unexplored. Yeah, that's now that, crazy. That absolutely lends credence <laughs> to the possibility that this thing exists, or um, any number of unknown yeah monsters. Things you couldn't even imagine. 
well dinosaurs that are still supposed to be living in the Amazon that some tribes have seen report to be seen uh some animals uh that are known to be among the um the tasty morsels of an anaconda's diet include a wild pigs tapers deer yes tapers you are correct uh birds turtles jaguars even large, jaguar large cats and possibly supposedly now even bulls and how about this mike Entire villages of human beings. How does that sound? <laughs> just, mm. just corralled into his mouth. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they just can't outrun it. You know, they're, just, they're trying to get around its 130 foot length, but it just keeps, like you said, keeping them in the circle there. You aren't yeah. going anywhere, bub. Now, some of these sightings report, or some of these sightings go as far back to the discovery of South America itself. And some of these uh, purported sightings include specimens of 150 feet long. These reports began to circulate, circulate among colonists, and the topic has been a subject of debate ever since among both cryptozoologists and zoologists. Which, by the way, I saw a headline earlier today. I didn't click on it because the, the headline kind of irritated me. I don't know why. Because maybe it was a positive article. I don't know. But it said, is cryptozoology good for science? I'm like, ah. <laughs> well, how do you think that made me feel, Mike? How, how'd that make well, you feel? Say, like, of course it's good for science. I mean, my God. Absolutely. Not all scientists would agree with that. No, absolutely not. Now, as mentioned earlier, anacondas can grow to sizes of six meters or more and up to 330 pounds and wait, although some python species can grow longer, the anaconda, particularly the green anaconda, is the second heaviest and largest in terms of diameter of all snakes. Mm. The lengthiest reputably measured and confirmed anacondas measured 25 feet long, and even lengths of 50 to 60 feet have been reported for these species. Really? But such extremes obviously lack verification and... Um, to add, a, to add, lack a large prey to support a super large snake. Well, again, how about those damn villages? <laughs> I mean, that could they could they could uh, hibernate for over a year after killing you know like oh, a sure. village of thirty people. Who the hell knows? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing is they they don't have to eat that often, so you know their their food supply is always being um, yeah added to you know we're, we're we're being kind of flippant a little bit and stuff but that's a really good point though you know that these large snakes can absolutely survive off of one large meal for quite yeah. some time so that's mm -hmm. not exactly entirely uh, uh, even up to a, like what a year or so even i think i don't know i was cutting you off there when no, I. that's fine that's fine <laughs> I, I i deserve to be cut off every now and then i really do <laughs> um, the two only re real reliable claims that can be found describe measured anacondas ranging from 26 to 32 feet. So again, although unverified, they are re reliable claims, considered reliable even in the scientific realm that these creatures do reach lengths of at least 30 feet at maximum. Now again, the first recorded sightings of these supposed 100 feet and more giant anacondas began around the time of the discovery of South America when early European explorers first entered 
these dense jungles. Sightings began with claims of giant snakes measuring up to 18 meters, which is almost 60 feet, while natives also reported seeing anacondas upward of 10 and a half meters to 18 meters. Again, 60 damn feet long. I'm going to get through this, these facts here as quick as I can, boys and girls, then we're just going to go off the cuff here. Now, anacondas above 23, over 23 feet in length are rail, but they do exist. The Wildlife Conservation Society has, since the early 20th century, offered a large cash reward for live delivery of any snake of 30 feet or more in length, but that prize has never been claimed. Interesting. A specimen measured in 1944 exceeded this size when a petroleum expedition in Colombia claimed to have measured a snake and anaconda, which was 37 feet in length. But again, it has never been proven. Scientist Vincent Roth also claimed to have shot and killed a 34-foot specimen, but again, it lacks scientific <laughs> sound evidence. Oh, we left it there. Yeah, we just left it there. Trust me, it was 35 feet long. We ate it, and we just left it there. Another extraordinary claim came from adventurer Perry Fawcett during his 1906 expedition where Fawcett wrote that he had shot an anaconda that measured 62 feet from nose to tail. And again. Unverified. <laughs> Once published, Fawcett's account was widely ridiculed. Decades later, Belgian cryptozoologist Bernard Heuvelmanskami <laughs> Bernard Heuvelmanskami Trust me, that's how it's spelled. To Fawcett's defense, arguing that Fawcett's writing, Fawcett's writing was generally honest and reliable. So, enough of those facts, Mike. Let's get to this particular one where this damn yes. thing supposedly is 131 feet long. And the think, larger man? Yes. And the larger snakes, they can go up to 2 years without eating. Hmm. Thank you for finding that. That's ridiculous. Good job, Mike. I'm happy for you. Can you imagine not eating <laughs> for 2 years? Whew. Uh no, I'd be dead. Probably. Yeah, you're no snake. <laughs> uh, all right mike let's think about this now let's now it's time to put our thinking caps on we got the jibber jabber out of the way well not the jibber jabber we got kind of the necessary parts of the story out there do you think it is possible first and foremost do you think it is even physically possible for a creature to grow to that size and sustain itself and we kind of briefly touched on it but think about that yes 132 one 150 feet long. And even if it did somehow sustain itself, how the hell has it remained hidden? But please, oh, Mike, well, let's talk a bit about this. Let's talk ourselves through this. The thing about uh, an anaconda, even the, the larger ones like that, there's got to be so much thick underbrush that they can remain pretty hidden. You know, you, you could walk right up on one. You don't know it until... You know, you're halfway down its gullet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you start you know. noticing that it's getting very damp and you, your your yeah. voice is echoing now for some reason. <laughs> Boy, things are really moist and humid. A little moist and humid, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Kind of odorous a little bit as well. I don't really like oh, this. I, oh, yeah, could you imagine? Yeah. No, I don't want to imagine. <laughs> mm -mm. You know, and anacondas are very, um, well, no pun intended, very slithery and uh, fluid. When it comes to yes. movement, when in the water, I mean, those things are yeah. oh yeah, graceful. great swimmers, 
great swimmers and I can see it kind of hiding out. I can definitely yeah. see these massive 30 foot ones hiding out in the water because they do. That's what they do. Right. Exactly. But is the Amazon as gargantuan as it is? Is it capable of hiding a creature of this supposed size? There's, well, if it's, if like what we've talked about before, the possibility of actual dinosaurs still surviving in the Amazon. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, well, think of this, something as large as the, the brontosaurus that is hiding <sighs> <laughs> in the Amazon jungle. If it was that large, it, I'm certainly can, can I a, pause a you snake. For, can I pause you for a second here? <laughs> what? Why? Okay. Why do you always? Can you not think of a different dinosaur besides that no, one? No. When I'm talking about dinosaurs, uh, when it's when it's with you, it's going to be Brontosaurus. <laughs> I guess, oh, Okay, uh, an ankylosaurus, which is a lot smaller. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. But um, but good. still, you know, very easily hidden. Good pull there with the ankylosaurus. Good job. Yeah. Good job on that one. It kind of an inside joke going on there if you aren't a long-time listener. If you're just tuning in right now, um, uh, we, we apologize. And thank you <laughs> at the same time. Mike Patrick likes, does uh, not believe in the brontosaurus. No, I, uh, okay, I believe in the brontosaurus. It's just a whole <laughs> damn mess of its freaking... It's it's namesake for God's sakes, and it's just no, it's a whole big mess. We're not getting into it because it bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> um, while you were uh rubbing me the wrong way talking about Brontosaurus and all that good stuff, I looked up a couple of facts about the Amazon River just so we can get an idea about its um size. The minimum depth, minimum depth in the Amazon River is sixty-six feet, mm. whereas the maximum depth is three hundred and thirty feet. Really. So that's, I mean, definitely deep enough to uh, sustain a creature of that size, I would say. Would you not? Absolutely. Now I'm going to look Absolutely. up the width here. Amazon River width. Uh, during the dry, well, it depends on the dry season. Uh, during the dry mm-hmm. season, the width of the Amazon averages between two to six miles. In the wet season, the width can reach up to 30 miles. So let's imagine 30 th- miles wide, 30 miles in width. And wow, I never would have thought that. And um, 330 feet in depth. That's hmm. that's pretty massive. That's what, that's what I'm reading, right? That's what pops up here in live science right here, right in front of me. I usually go by after watching the movie, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> That's one of your favorites, isn't it? Either oh, I love that movie. Okay, so physically possible to sustain and to hide an am- animal of that size, I think we both are in agreement that, yes, it is possible mm-hmm. that something of that gargantuan size Very highly could, possible. could hide in the river. Now, uh, could, it, could it remain out of view while on land? Well, not so much. There's a supposed photo floating out there, black and white photo of this, an aerial photo of this massive snake. Mm. I'm sure you've seen it, Mike. I'm sure our listeners have probably seen it too. To me, I, I, it just screams fake to me the moment I, I look at it. But who the hell knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is somehow real, but Mike's giggling at me for some reason. Are you giggling at something else? I don't know what the hell is going on. Is, is Mason no, uh, at the bottom of your Everything's foot? good. Oh. Oh. Mary throwing in her two cents, I hear. Eh? Tell her to zip it. (laughs) (laughs) 
and yes, I can tell Mary to zip it because we're friends, and so it's yeah, it's all, it's all in good humor. Good and humor. because she can't hear you. That's true. That's the main <laughs> part. That is the main part. Um. <laughs> now again, we'd have to go and do our own research. We'd have to go see if any of these na- these Brazilian natives are still around, still alive, or if their family members are still around. We'd have to go interview them ourselves, Mike, in order for us to have credibility of talking about these type of things. Remember that. Remember that always. Yes. Um, Pedro. <laughs> my name is Pedro. And that is the name of a gentleman who uh, ripped us a new one on the Twitter a while back saying that we didn't have a right to talk about stuff like this because we weren't researchers and scientists right. and astronauts and deep sea divers and all that good stuff. Yeah. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> People that eat pie. We can't talk about that. We can't. Absolutely not. Unless it's our own pie eating. Well, I'm not a fi- I'm not a fan of pie. I really am. Oh, I love pie. Nah, I just can't. I can't. Oh, Macy didn't like that answer either. She's like, "Ooh, how can you not be a fan of pie?" I like a, a good pie? pie. I like a good cake, as long as it's all moist. And you have to throw that word in. Moist cake. Oh, you can't beat it. So today, I've heard moist and brontosaurus. So. <laughs> Now, and Botten. So, and Botten. Oh, my God. I took overlooked an, that one. Oh. I went and took in a right at the next corner. So, if a Brontosaurus <laughs> fell into the Amazon, it would be a moist Brontosaurus. It okay. has taken a wrong turn. <laughs> and, boy, he Botten it. <laughs> should we? Igor, help uh, me out. Igor, should we just call <laughs> Should I, should I just tell Mike to, to zip it? No. Okay. I'll, I'll, let, him, I'll let him go on. I'll let him go on uh, and on and on and on and on and on. Okay, Mike. Uh, one one of the perhaps positive aspects of the Terminal episodes is that they are a bit shorter in length than our flagship episodes. <laughs> listeners going, thank God for God little favors. For that. Thank God for that. Well, what? Okay, Mike. Thank I'll, you, Jesus. We're at about a half hour already. Should we just? Should we well, give our yay and nay? No shades of gray with some reasons behind it. Uh, what do you think here? This is. I mean, th- first of all, we know that these creatures can grow the massive sizes. We know that. Right. We um, we know that the creatures themselves exist. And we, we just also don't have, know we just don't have documented cases of the extremely large. Right. Uh, yeah. And right. we also uh, know that specimens. We also know that prehistoric uh, ancestors, or however you want to call them, of said uh, species have existed. I mean, it's no secret to anybody. A lot of damn animals back in prehistory were darn large beasts. Um, right. And why not? Why not accept the idea, or at least be open-minded to the idea that somehow? these large animals, these extremely large creatures, did not go extinct. One or two of them did survive and has remained well hidden. I'll throw that one out there. Let's just, let's just, let's fire it away, Mike. Let's, I want to know how you feel about the possibility of this. Why you feel as such. And just give us your yay or nay. What do you think, man? Is this thing, you can't, you can't, it's no shades of gray, man. We have to say yes, we have to say no. That these things are still out there and reach lengths of over 100 feet. I'm going to say yes. 
I mean, right off the top. Just, right away, he does it. I he have, throws a yeah, zinger. To me, there's there. no question about it. I mean, you know, like we said, we haven't seen them. We haven't documented anything like that, of course. But, um, you know, when you think about it, this vast, huge acres, acreage of jungle that um, just massive, anything can be in there. And it, it's so huge that, and the the anaconda, especially like the adult anacondas, they have no uh, natural enemies. I mean, they are like Good one point. of the top predators. Mm -hmm. They have the food sources they have there. They have the time. They have, um, you know, they can they can probably live to be maybe two hundred years old, like uh, reptiles Ooh, tend to, to possibly do. Point. They've got all this time and all this room to grow in, you know, like uh, like fish. You put them in a fish tank and they they grow to the, you know, the, the size of the tank that fits the tank. You know, you have like a, an anaconda that that uh, maybe it'll keep growing as long as it has the lifetime to do it and the room to do it and the the uh, food to do it. I think they have all of that where they're at. I did look up just because I wanted to see what the average lifespan of a uh, green anaconda was. It says the average lifespan in the wild is about 10 years. Okay. But it says, however... Well, forget the 200. Well, it says, however, <laughs> they can live much longer in human care with reports of anacondas living into their late 20s. So, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's a little bit. It's not quite 200, but, you know, hey. That's <laughs> I'll a, drop a zero. But again... <laughs> Those are the quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, the smaller 20 foot anacondas, you know. Right, so, uh, exactly. We're, we're not even thinking about the lifespan of these, uh, or considering the lifespan of these supposed 100 foot specimens. But I, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you were on a roll there. So, uh, well, you know, continue. and then you, 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 you know, I, I just really do believe that, uh, you know, the, the resources, the, the room and the time, um, you know, I, like, you know, these giant, huge ones that are, say 130 feet long how old would that have to be i mean what's their rate of growth per year right you know um you know how how often do they shed their skin and 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 grow i mean there's a lot of questions here that's another great question i'm going to find you know, the answer to right now but to me even with those questions unanswered i still say yes inequivocally yes so yay for michael when it comes to yay or nay, no shades of gray. Mike, oh, I forgot to pull up the damn yay and nay sound bites. God dang it. I'm sorry, everybody. And I know you're missing out so much on that one. All right, let's see here. This is according to reptileforums.co.uk. Well, no, that one's going to be a little bit too much. That's a little, no, I don't want to go to uh, forums. I want actual <laughs> science shit. I want science shit here, people. She blinded me. With science. Well, say, all I found here is quickly without doing a, a lot of research, obviously, because I just literally pulled that up on my phone. Anacondas grow quickly until they reach sexual maturity at the age of three to six years. They continue to grow, but at a much slower rate. But it doesn't really tell us. I guess it's kind of hard to give a specific right. amount of growth since they're all different sizes and length anyways. So, ah. Uh. So Mike gives the big yay for yay or nay, no shades of gray. 
All right, moist brontosauri aside, um, but we we you know, but considering the depth, the length, the width of the Amazon, the dense forest of the Amazon, the unoccupied, unpopulated miles upon seemingly endless miles of the Amazon and around in said country slash continent. Man. You know, some of our listeners have, have good-naturedly teased me when it comes to Terminal really? slash the formerly known as The Last Call because, yeah. because it's like pretty much they're like, you always say nay. It's like we don't... <laughs> It's, no matter what we're talking about, Mike's yay and your nay. Well, you know, I guess that's ninety percent of the time. It's that's that is the case. I feel like I'm going to shock some people tonight, Mike. I feel like I'm going to uh, surprise some at the very least. The possibility that creatures, these snakes, specimens, these giant anacondas, can grow to just mythical proportions as slight as they may seem to the scientific community with the lack of all including the lack of unverifiable evidence simply based upon eyewitness accounts people's stories it's all right folks she's getting there (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i wish i had my drummer up right now mike and listeners, I'm going to give it the big yay. I am saying yes, these damn things are out there. I am saying yes, there are plenty of species, not just giant giants of the snake realm. I'm saying there are plenty of undiscovered yeah. creatures out there still in this vast Unknown world. species, unknown, oh. you know, uh, everything. Just, you know, there's so much out there. Just try to wrap your mind around the vast depths and size of the oceans for god's sake uh again it's becoming almost a cliche how often this phrase is uttered but we know more about the surface of the moon than we do about our very own oceans you know right so much of it has yet to be explored so much of our of the of our land has been explored even in in the united states here mike i mean that's to me that adds a lot of possibility to the existence of creatures such as bigfoot because yeah, as, absolutely. as overpopulated as the earth may be, there are still unpopulated areas that are complete dense forests slash woods, whatever you want to call them. If it's a wise creature out there, if it's a, even a remotely intelligent creature doesn't want to be seen, it's not going to be seen. Yeah. I think mm. that snakes, as creepy as I find them, I think that they have an odd sense of intelligence to them. I, I, they have some yeah. sort of, I, I, I want to, I, I hope I'm being clear. I'm not being flippant. I'm really not. I ha, they have like, we, we talk about like sixth senses and stuff. It's like this, I think snakes have this, they have some sort of awareness of life and their surroundings that, well, obviously I can't put into words, but I think it really helps them and I'm not even talking instinctual or instinctive, however you want to put it. I'm saying that they are consciously making decisions to extend their lives. I don't know if I'm sure. making any sense, Mike, but they're not yeah, dumb. Well, they're not you know, dumb. it's that instinct for survival that any creature would have. But 
snakes have. Yeah, but um, I'm, I don't. I don't. I'm not talking instinct though. I'm. There's something else right. that's going on. In, there. An innate, born with a yeah. sense of of being. Something is. Yeah. The only word I can think of is like awareness, and I'm. I'm, yeah. I'm sure well, I sound like a. That's a good. I, I probably sound like a, a buffoon, but. Um, so you figure they have these heat sensors that they 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 have that they, um, pinpoint their prey. It's not always just seeing. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a like a infrared, and that's what looks like their noses. They have these sensors that are in those same areas, I believe that that uh, it's like looking through an infrared camera, and they're sensing that heat. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there's also, um, well, you know, there's a reason the, the they... sense of smell with a that they, with their tongue, with their that tongue. They, it's like tasting the air. There's a reason that they have. Ex- existed for millions of years virtually unchanged i guess that's kind of where right. I go, because they are they don't need to change there's no, no need for them to to evolve anymore that because it's like well this is working um something, yeah. something's right there well it's it's the uh it's the form that satan chose in the uh oh, garden of eden well we're not going down <laughs> right um, so now mike you know if it's a, good enough for the satan it's good enough for the snake you sounded just like my fifth grade Catholic school teacher right there. So <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I shouldn't say Catholic Do not school. partake of the snake. <laughs> I, Shun him. I want to clarify. Light him. <sighs> Do not invite him into your home. See, now you're sounding just terrifying. So that's just, <laughs> it sounds eerily familiar to some of my uh, priests from back in the day. And I, sh- I, I, I want to clarify, I didn't go to Catholic school I met my I meant my church school when uh, we were uh, we were dismissed for an hour to go to said church school and stuff and learn mm. the ways of the Lord and all that stuff. So <laughs> you know, I'm not laughing at that. <laughs> oh, sure you are. <laughs> learn the ways of the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. Mike, oh my gosh, Mike's literally like he's <laughs> pulling his lips around his teeth to try not from. <laughs> try to keep himself from bursting out and mocking laughter right now so I, but what is there to mock me that's what you <laughs> wanted to do yeah well, yeah you know, okay he like, admitted it. <laughs> now how can i get through this uh and kind of uh um include in both positive ways our christian listeners and and our pagan listeners <laughs> well i <laughs> you know? know i got you <laughs> i got you well i will tell you that i did have um um. Well, okay. Uh, to wrap it up, uh, yays on both parts. Both Mike and myself yeah, say yeah. yay to the possibility that there are these massive, slithering, slimy serpents out there still. Yeah. <laughs> in this world, and no, I know they're not slimy, but uh, that reminded me of some of my when we we're talking about some of my church school experiences. It reminded me of also going to my church back in the day and sitting in the confessional. You know, Mike, did you ever have to do that? You probably didn't. Did you ever ever have to go? And, and I wouldn't have. And uh, confess your sins. <laughs> would have walked uh, out. You would go, and you, then you'd have to repent, you know, for your said sins. Uh, my my, my uh, father, not my literal father, my, my priest back in the day, he was just a... He wanted to be out of there more than the kids wanted to be out of there. So you go there and you sit behind that little partition, you know. We knew it was him. It wasn't anything as as uh, severe as like you go into this just 
almost like a fortress of solitude where you, the, the priest is hidden behind this wall and it's all dark in there. Then he slides open a tiny little window and he's like, yes, mm-hmm. my son. You know, and you're like, ah, and you're creeped out. No, you're just, we were sitting in the same room with a little partition in there. It reminds me of being interrogated by the Office of Special uh, Investigations in the Air Force. That's, yeah, kind of what it was. <laughs> but um, long story short, I, I just have like memories. That. I just have a memory of one particular confession where I was just waiting in line along with all the other kids. And it's like, God dang it. I mean, I was literally trying to think of my sins. And <laughs> I was like, what do I have to tell them? So I go down there and I say, like, well, I, I fought with my brothers. I, I didn't listen to my mom. And I said a naughty word. I'll say whatever, anything like that. Yeah. And you go, okay. I spent an hour in the bathroom and I wasn't peeing. Well, <laughs> with the water running. Um, <laughs> and so he's like, well, okay, go say three, uh, go say one Our Father, three Hail Marys, and you're forgiven. It's like, oh, great. I'm forgiven. <laughs> so you can just say these things and you're forgiven. Yeah. Well, if you'd have to go say the prayers and you'd have to mean them and then you'd be forgiven. Yeah. So, so like th- if you're saying a Hail Mary, it's not just saying three Hail Marys. You're going Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary. No, There's no, like no. a whole lot of stuff you'd going have on to the re- whole no, Hail Mary. Give me a little more credit there. You have to recite the entire prayer. Okay. It wasn't. You know, yeah, wasn't no, I would just say Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary. Okay. Uh, <laughs> of course you would have. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I'm a wizard of shortcuts. <laughs> the, you know, depending on the severity the, the, of the sin, yeah. you know, you'd have to say perhaps, you know, 500 Hail Marys, you know, before you're allowed to go back to, to, yeah. to class or whatever. Yeah. It's... Anyways, I digress. Thank okay. you for letting me do that. We need to wrap it up, Mike. <laughs> well, this has been interesting. Yeah. This has been an interesting one. This is one that we, yeah. uh, I had no plans of ever talking about stuff like this, but it kind of popped in my brain tonight. And I hope that you... I had a good time talking about it with me tonight. Oh, absolutely! I just, I love the whole punch of Catholicism in the oh, at the end. Well, well, <laughs> well, nothing quite like talking about giant snakes and Catholicism, you know. So, uh, anyways, bad jokes, bad jokes that no one gets, and they're sick. Yo, Adam, come over here and see the snake. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what. That's right. Beware that's what, of snakes bearing fruit. That was the whole point of me going down that thing because I was going to play a stupid soundbar bite as a lame joke. What I was going to say originally <laughs> was this was what was heard the moment I walked into the confessional and I spoke my first sin. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> uh, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. And he just booted me out of there and not enough Hail Marys could have saved my ass after that. All right, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This has been fun. This has been the return of Terminal. We hope you had a good time. We certainly did. Mike, until next time, what do our paranormal pals need to do? Peace out.